welcome to the Merv Griffin Show. I mean, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Sorry, I got so <laughs> caught up because, you know, for the introduction, we're playing the Merv Griffin Show music. I know, it's a bit meta. Yeah, it is. It is. I just got so excited. I was going to say, special guest tonight is Stephen. <laughs> you're not special. You're, you're already oh, on. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, you're one, uh, of, I mean you're one um, of the co-hosts, yep. Stephen. That's what mm. I meant. Ah, uh, uh, no, you took it the wrong way, buddy. How else am I meant to take that? You're not special. Yeah. I'm special. <laughs> special. Don't try and change the subject. Ah. I know what you think of me. No, you're a good man. Good man, Stephen. My name's Ivan, and you're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a podcast series about Seinfeld and its lovely secondary and minor characters. And we're doing it all over again for a 16th week. Yes, and today we're covering The Merv Griffin Show. Yes. Which is a season nine episode. Which is, yeah, a very good episode. Lots of, it's good, like The Merv Griffin Show is, is an episode which kind of blurs the line between reality and surrealism. Yeah, I, it, it definitely is one of the more, kind of like the Bizarro Jerry, like it was definitely, it felt like experimentation. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit of fantasy. Too. Yeah, they just wanted to break their own formula a bit and just yeah. sort of explore weird concepts yes yeah and they did it well they did it very well yes you are special Stephen don't worry oh thanks mate you're a nice fella and you know what's so special what's that we're getting into Seinfeld news before we get into the episode awesome let's go yeah So, on this week's edition of Seinfeld News, we've got three pieces to cover, a bit shorter than last week. Oh, well, you had plenty last week. Yeah, we did. Mm. And uh, the first one is Pippa Middleton, uh, (laughs) well-known Pippa Middleton. Uh, This was actually covered by mainstream media quite a lot. The Northern Territory News. That's right. That's where I read this from. Really? Yeah, the NT News. Yeah. Are you part of their Facebook? I think it's a Facebook group that just shows screenshots of their headlines and just how ridiculous they are. No, I follow them on Twitter. Oh, right. And they just happen to have it. Okay. Yes, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pippa Middleton, she's honeymooning at the moment in Australia. I think she was in Sydney for a little while and then she flew up to Darwin. That's right. Um, she was snapped wearing a puffy shirt, which is uh, kind of related to our our podcast. Because, well, for two reasons, we've got a uh, a small scale puffy shirt in our in our studio right now. Looking at it, our mascot, our mascot, and our logo is a puffy shirt. So, very special piece of news for uh, for Pippa and us. Excellent. Um, it was a two hundred and seventy dollar Orla Keeley blouse. I guess Orla Keeley is a designer. Oh, you think so? I don't think she'd be wearing clothes from like Kmart or that's true. Target. So. Yeah, that's true. That's mm. true. Um, yeah, and she was just snapped by the paparazzi wearing this blouse, and they they picked up that it looked like uh, the the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. And uh, yeah. but I don't want to be a princess. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be a princess. <laughs> I don't want to be a princess. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the second piece is. Um, Kind of, uh, I guess you would call it a bit of high society news from New York. No, they don't. On the society bridges. Jerry, his wife, and their three kids. I didn't know he had three kids. Now I do. Oh, okay. I thought you had two. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, They stepped out for the Good Foundations 2017 New York Bash at the Victorian Gardens, which is a part of uh, Central Park in the middle of New York. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, The charity promotes, um, well, it it aims to break the cycle of family poverty um, through donating goods. Um, and services, and they hold like an annual fundraiser picnic thing where you know celebrities and and people with lots of money hobnob and make yep. big donations. Yeah, sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, Jerry and his family were out hobnobbing and making big <laughs> donations, doing doing rich people stuff. Yes. Um. Yeah. And again, they were snapped by the paparazzi, and they looked like a family out 
doing stuff. Jerry must be thinking this is 1995 all over again. He's getting snapped by the paparazzi. Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I've already had my success, and they still want to talk to me. Yeah, his profile's definitely risen in the last year. I think it's all you around You mentioned his, that last week as well. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's all around his stand-up uh, tour. You know, mm. he's doing a big worldwide tour, yeah. and, um, you know, he recently sold the rights to uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee to Netflix. That's right. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Seinfeld's coming up to its 20th year off the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just sort of a natural cyclic kind of, you know, he gets high, his high profile is a bit lower high profile. And, uh, you know, the the media feeds off that. So there's tons of articles every week. Like I omit lots of articles because they're just sort of episode lists. Like yeah. the New Yorker's top 10 episodes. It's ah, just you get them anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the New Yorker, this is probably my favorite piece of news in a long, long time. And I actually got this sent to me by uh, a listener as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Who sent it to you? Katrina from okay. England. Oh, yeah, thanks, Katrina. Sent it. Thanks, Katrina. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Um, so the New Yorker actually put out an article and it's called Seinfeld Episodes from the Point of View of Girlfriends. That's right. How good are they? Such oh, wonderful analyses. It's so like good. They're taking our job. Basically, Buggers. yeah, they've sort of done what we do, but in a more professional, better yeah. way. Well, out of uh, what, well, how many are there? Like six or seven? There's I think nine. Nine. I think we've done three episodes. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Like, I'll read it again. I'm curious to see how close we were to the mark. Yeah. So, so we won't yeah. read all of them, nah, and nah, I don't nah, have nah. a list of who they cover. But if you just go to the New Yorker and type in, I don't know, Seinfeld episodes or yep. girlfriends or something, you'll you'll find it. I'll, I'll tell you the episodes that they cover, though. Okay. So oh, you've got the list. I've got the list. Oh, I've cool. got it right in front of me. The article. I won't oh, go through the whole thing, but sure. the episodes are the Seinfeld Chronicles. So the first episode, the stake out which we covered recently uh they talk about vanessa yep yeah who we who we spoke i'll about. read out her her um part of the article uh, a bit later nice one the library yep so this is uh sheree becker yep episode uh, four that uh, episode three we did oh yes Bask. yes that's right um and there's also the virgin the letter uh the junior mint mm-hmm. dolores yep yeah dolores D- dolores mulva mulva yeah that's right the sponge <laughs> Uh, the soup Nazi Schmoopy. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Her, um, her point of view. Hers is fabulous. I love how it says years later Sheila tried the soup. It's yep. fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like it just sort of resolved itself. It's yeah, fine. It's good. It's, it's good soup. Anyway, the stakeout because you said you said last week that the stakeout's one of your favourite ones we've reviewed so far. Well, it is my favourite one we've it's reviewed your favorite, so far. Yes. Yeah, and, and I, Vanessa I, was a great character. She yeah. was in my top ten. Yeah, at one she's stage. she's awesome, and she actually mm. appears in the stock tip as well. She does in which I think is episode five of season of one. season one, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so what do you, what do, what do they say yeah, about it? Yeah, so her? the New Yorker say, uh, and this is basically like her point of view as she's meeting Jerry, yes, as if it was real. That's yeah. right. So Vanessa meets her friend Elaine's ex, Jerry, who's apparently a professional comedian, even though Vanessa is exactly as funny as he is and also has a law degree and passed the bar. While she kind of likes him, Vanessa doesn't make a move because she doesn't want to set off down a path where, in a year, every party that she and Elaine attend ends with, Elaine screaming, I guess female friendship is a myth. Oh, she'd so, she'd so do that, wouldn't she? Definitely, yeah. I don't think they were even close anyway. No. Elaine and she and was Vanessa. an acquaintance. Yeah. 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 So, uh, a couple of days later, Jerry shows up outside Vanessa's workplace. He's very <laughs> clearly stalking her. Yes. And uh, it's very objectively creepy. But Vanessa agrees to go out with him anyway. There are so few, uh, there are so few good men in New York. But th- that's the thing. I mean, pr- I mentioned in that episode when we did the stakeout pre-social media. How were you meant to know where she was? I mean, I don't know. You couldn't. You, you know, they didn't. You couldn't ask Elaine for the number because that's apparently that was weird and not quite social etiquette yeah, at the time. But to to stake out a work, I'd never thought of it. But that is pretty creepy. Mm. He definitely crossed a line. Oh, he did. I, but I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable if someone did that to me. Mm. You know, I'd be like. Just call me or yeah. just forget about me. I don't know. Like I I think he yeah, he, he 
He stood over line, I think. Well, funnily enough, Vanessa was one of the longest relationships Jerry had on the show. Yeah. Like three episodes. I mean, yeah. she wasn't in the next two. No. Well, she I guess she was across four episodes, yeah, really. Yeah, four episodes, yeah. Yeah. So and that's I mean, one of the longest relationships he's had on the show. Yeah, and I mean, if we assume that, um, you know, a season is about a year of their lives, because that's kind of how fast they age across the nine seasons, mm. you know, um, even if it's six months of their lives you could assume that they were dating for three, four, five months mm. in, in real time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so definitely one of the longest relationships. Mm. And as if you go back and listen to um, The Stakeout, um, you know, we talk about why she's so great. So I, I can understand why Jerry would want to date her because yeah. she's, she's just great. She's, she's just great. Listen to back. our other episodes as well. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. that's all for Seinfeld News this week. And yeah, again, for that article, I just I loved reading it. I read it twice. So jump on the New Yorker site and, and have it read. It's really, really, really good. Really well written, really insightful. Yes. Well, really cool. Yes. Good work, Stephen. That's Seinfeld News for another week. Mm. We're going to cut to a commercial. So straight after this. Well, not quite a commercial. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it like a talk show, you know, because yeah. we're doing the Merv Griffin show today. Sure. Ah, here we go. <laughs> We're talking about the Merv Griffin Show, Season 9, Episode 6. On But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Stay with us. Looking forward to it. So three dates, she still won't let me play with the toys. That's interesting. You know, someone mentioned to me you were not very happy with your toys growing up. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, you mentioned that uh, you didn't get a G.I. Joe. You had... An army piece. Right. <laughs> made of wood and in the rain he would swell up and then split and we all know how painful that can be welcome back to but i don't want to be a secondary character for episode 16 of the podcast series today we're going back to episode or season nine rather i i, I seem to have a habit of doing that i go episode nine it's like no season nine Season first, then episode. Eh. Whatever. Whatever. Season nine, you don't give two shits. Season nine, episode six. Good on you, buddy. The Merv Griffin Show. And each week, I give you a synopsis of the episode, and then we dissect these secondary characters on the show. Hmm. Yes. So here we go. Merv Griffin Show. Written by Bruce Eric Kaplan and directed by Andy Ackerman. This episode first aired in the US on November 6th, 1997. Kramer stumbles across the old set of the Merv Griffin show in a dumpster, and that was like a talk show that ran for about 40 years. Yeah, it went for ages, in two two lots. It was off air, and then it it came back. Yeah, yeah, and funnily enough, there were over 25,000 guests that Merv Griffin interviewed, and he had nearly 5,000 episodes. Oh, my God. Yep, and the show went from 1962 to 1986, uh, but there were breaks yeah. in the show and yeah. uh, the actual Merv Griffin himself he'd go in depth with his interviews uh, which were re- reviewed or described as being very intelligent uh, with some interviews being serious and light hearted and yeah. some interviews could go as long as half an hour yeah each. I watched a, about a 15 minute interview with Gene Wilder and when it was it was when he was on the um, promotional tour for, for uh, Willy Wonka and yeah, the Chocolate Factory then, yeah um, yeah and it was a great interview mm. really good really really awesome so I mean there's like countless YouTube clips of, of um, old oh. interviews on, on the yep. Merv Griffin show. So jump on YouTube and have a look. Really, really yeah. good talk show. He was amazing with people, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. Really charming, really insightful, really intelligent, and just knew how to extract good good answers out of people. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, what was that? I was going to say, it kind of reminded me of Parkinson in a way. Yeah, Where he yeah. wasn't super intellectual, but mm. he just... He just knew how to engage people on their level, yeah. however they operated, whether they're a comedian or an intellectual or an actor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he sort of got the best out of them. You know, it was, yeah, really, really good host, good interviewer. And he interviewed everyone ranging, like you said, from musicians to politicians yep. to actors like Gene Wilder and, mm. and many other philanthropists, many people. Yeah, he, he didn't really discriminate. He kind of just, you know, if someone had an interesting profile about them. 
he would uh, he would have them guest. Yeah, incredible. And did you know Jerry actually appeared on the real Merv Griffin show? Really? He was a guest in 1981, and it was actually his TV debut. Oh my god! In 81. Do you reckon that's why um, they did this for the show? Maybe Probably. maybe it was sort of a little homage, like this was his first TV appearance. So we'll we'll sort of bring it back. Maybe, or I don't I don't know if the real Merv Griffin is alive at the moment. No, I didn't do research I don't think on so. him. Maybe it was probably just yeah. Maybe Jerry had a thing and thought mm. yeah let's do it or maybe the writers came up with it yeah it was funny how because kramer when he's going through the bin and he um he finds his set he pulls out a cigar but i watched i watched the gene wilder interview and a couple of others um you know just short amounts and he wasn't smoking a cigar in any of them maybe he used maybe to, he used I to. Don't know. maybe he did in other episodes yeah i mean he has nearly he has four thousand eight hundred and fifty five episodes that's true so i'm sure he know. smoked a cigar in at least one of them i'm sure <laughs> depending on who came on i guess yeah. so anyway so kramer stumbles across the old set of that show in a dumpster george's girlfriend miranda played by Arabella Field is disgusted when George accidentally runs over some pigeons in his car and he believes that humans and pigeons have a deal. So the deal according to George, pigeons will move when humans approach and humans will overlook their statue defecation. Yep. Uh, which he believes that the pigeons broke after he ran them over. So it's the pigeons fault of that he got run is. over. Yes, yeah. never his fault. Never. Kramer salvages the set and fits out his apartment like the old studio even going as far as pretending to be on the show and introducing people who enter his apartment as his guests to a pretend they... audience. And there's no cameras. No. No. I, I like it when he's like, you know, this is what happens when you film 20 hours a day. He's <laughs> so, you know, no, 10 no, hours a day. Ten, he he, he, he filled 10 hours a day oh, right, doing right, right. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the, the sort of shocked and confused look of people when they walk when through they the walk curtains in, yeah. like onto a set yeah. and he sort of introduces them like nothing's weird about this <laughs> yeah, at all it's and they just sort of go along with it but the whole time you look at their faces and they're like what the hell is going on I love when Kramer says something or someone says something on the show, on the show I'm going to quote unquote yep. untoward he'll stop he'll cut to like a commercial break yeah, and he'll yeah, say yeah. like as if he's off air buddy you can't talk about yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like, what? sort of like coach them like uh, now, no you can't you know that's that's not that doesn't fit in what with what we talk about yeah now what you do in your time is your business <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. This is a family-friendly show. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yep. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah, so Kramer salvages the set, and yeah, he even goes as far as pretending to cut to commercial breaks, mm. which is crazy, mm. as if it's a real show. <laughs> Elaine schemes to outsidle a sidler called Lou. He's played by Brent Hinckley, who moves silently behind people. A bit of a ninja. Yeah, very ninja-like. And in, at the start of the show, he causes her to spill coffee on her jacket that creates a stain that resembles Fidel Castro. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how what they got out of that. Anyway, I tried to pause the the episode to to look at the stain. Nah. You can see it. Oh, you can. But it doesn't it doesn't look like any anyone's profile or silhouette. It just it just looks like spilt, spilt how, liquid. How are you gonna know? Seriously. I don't know. I think it's like you know when people collect potato chips that look like famous people. Like, oh, oh that looks like looks, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I found this. It looks like yeah, Jesus. like yeah. you know the Virgin Mary appeared in a slice of toast or something. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. No. Jerry dates Celia, played by Julia Pennington, who owns a vintage toy collection, which Jerry is very tempted to use so a lot of Americana in that toy collection yeah. G.I. Joe's and football like touchdown on the, uh, on the machine. Game. Oh, yeah. a lot of Americana there she forbids him from using it so Jerry formulates a plan to give her sleeping pills and later turkey and a whole case of wine to make her fall asleep an so, 18 pound turkey to 18, be exact exactly yes <laughs> I forgot the name of the chemical that's in the I don't the know chemical? they say it together I don't know to Matt Mazapan? No, I don't know. I don't know. Like okay, so he, he and later George, Elaine, and Lou can play with the toys mm. while she's drugged. Mm. The episode ends on the show set when a hawk being handled by TV zoologist Jim Fowler, playing as himself, flies for George's head as he's caring for an injured squirrel. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. It's it a good way to combine an A and a B story. Yeah. You know, a, 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 well, I guess a C story, really. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fowler, I have a squirrel that's a miracle of modern science. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
take what? it. What? Didn't you know Hulk hates squirrels? Hulk oh, hates squirrels, you idiot. Yeah, bring him <laughs> over. No, you idiot. I love, and I love how Kramer thinks that the whole show's going stale and he goes for the scandals and animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he yeah. brings like Jerry's girlfriend on the show. It kind of turns into Jerry Springer. Yeah, it's And Newman's good. like, you go, girl. Yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, and then yeah, Kramer yeah. and Newman are like, ooh. Yeah, all they need is like the, oh, 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 yeah, oh, pretty oh, much. Like the crowd Kramer, Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's implied in the credits scene that the whole set was destroyed because of the hawk. Yeah. The squirrel. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty powerful bloody hawk. Bloody hawk, I tell you what. Yeah. Yes. So other secondary characters in this episode include a vet uh, who worked on the squirrel that George ran over, played by Rick Hall. Yep. Newman makes an appearance, Jay Peterman, the Costanzas, and Walter, who's Elaine's co or colleague at work. Colleague, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Don't really know what, what his position is, but yeah, he works with her. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll start off with Let's start off with the Sidler. Lou the Sidler, that's right. Played by Brent Hinckley. He's best known for being in The Silence of the Lambs, Ed Wood, and Jacob's Ladder. Mm. So yeah, a few good 90s movies there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think for, for the Sidler, I think he's always been a mischievous kind of person. I think even as a kid, he probably did that to his teachers. Yeah. You know, he probably, even to, to piss them off or to pull pranks, or so just like sidle them. So do you think he's doing it deliberately? I think he is. Okay. Why do you think it's just second nature to him? He's just not um, thinking about it, or yeah, I just think that he is a very quiet walker. Oh, okay. I didn't think that he was actually intentionally trying to silence his walk and just sort of freak people out. <laughs> so he wears wrestling shoes like Elaine. Yeah, or Elaine. He, he just has. have like he's just got you know a light foot. Really? Yeah. How can someone have such light feet? I don't know. Is that possible? You're asking that in an episode about where, you know, they get a TV set into a, an apartment. <laughs> yeah, That's true. the least realistic thing. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just, I just, like, to me, every time, like, he the, the camera pans out to him after he sidled someone, he seems to have, like, a smart-ass look on his face. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's got, like, an overbite. Yeah. You know, like, a bit of an overbite. Uh, in his thing but I don't know he just seems like he, he yeah that's true he actually. just seems like a bit of mischievous when he does it yeah it's he like he knows like he's doing shit. it yeah like he's just gotten away with something like hey, 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 I always hey. thought like growing up he was just that smart ass that would right. just do it like okay. as a kid as a teenager just sidle people randomly okay. like teachers like, yeah or even the parents go to your room and then the parents turn around and he'd be there it's like ah true it's like oh Jesus so do you reckon I, I used to like frightening my sister when I was a kid because she'd scare really easily and it yeah. was just a cheap laugh right probably really mean and traumatic now that I think about it but um, do you think maybe he just got, got off maybe on sort of freaking people out I think I think eventually maybe he just tried doing it as a joke okay and then like so many he did it on so many people and so many people just couldn't you know couldn't detect him behind him yeah and then he probably thought I'll just keep doing it okay I don't know what gain he'd get from it but yeah and obviously th th this this episode's a bit surreal so yeah I'll let it slide but like just thinking about that if he if he was aware of his own sidling abilities mm. why would he walk around with a rattly box of tic tacs like he he would know that that would completely undermine his ability that's true as well you so know, maybe we, it is I think maybe it is all yeah, I think unintentional. Then I that's think, a good point. I, d I forgot about Elaine giving him the tic tac. Yeah, and I thought yeah, yeah. I think that's why I thought it's not intentional because True, he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't make a lot of noise if no, he wanted to deliberately yeah. sidle up to people. You're right. I don't know, but maybe he's so concentrating on the sidling. Maybe he's got bad hearing. Do you think so? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like no, no, if if we if we think that he's an intentional sidler mm. and he can't hear the tic tacs, maybe he's just got bad hearing. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking, uh, like, if he if we go with the idea of he has a light foot. Maybe his first thing that came to mind, I don't know why, mm. um, he doesn't have the physicality for it, but maybe like former special ops or something. <laughs> you no. Know? no. No? No, no. He's nowhere, no, or, nowhere near that. Or maybe a dancer. 
like something someone you know like a ballet dancer someone who's really light on their feet oh yeah he's kind of dainty maybe you know maybe because he's kind of tall and he's a bit lanky yeah yeah so he's kind of got the physique for a dancer definitely not special ops. no no nah. no i guess he's not <laughs> muscular and tough no no um no. you know um yeah i don't know um what what did you think of him as a person do you think he's annoying i think he's introverted i think he's probably has it like a close set of friends maybe yep. like he wouldn't he probably has one or two or three close friends and mm. he just spends you know some people who are introverted they'll just have like a close circle of friends yeah he's probably got that i don't think he socializes too much outside of that circle yeah you know he, he seems a bit introverted uh seems to i guess with his work he seems to do fine because peterman you know is impressed with his work yeah you know he seems I think to he's do his job, his job quite well yeah yeah i think so yep. as well i don't think he's exceptional i think he's just really competent yeah competent he does enough yeah. he does enough to to do the job well yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah. i found him to be a really happy-go-lucky kind of person happy-go-lucky yeah and he sort of takes criticism really well like elaine you know says he's got bad breath even though he doesn't no um you know it's just a ploy so she can hear him sidling but you know, I would imagine that most people wouldn't take that too well. They'd be really embarrassed and, you know, be really upset if someone said, you know, you've got bad breath or you've yeah. got bad BO or whatever. But he like, takes it on the chin, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he just kind of yeah. goes, oh, okay. And he's just really practical about it. And he's like, okay, I'll do something about it. And she yeah. gives him tic tacs and he just deals with it. To me, I think he's more proactive than reactive. Now you yeah. mention it. I think, like, when a, when a problem arises, yep. he doesn't think, he doesn't get all emotional. Oh my God. I yeah. think he comes up with a plan and says, right, this is what I'm going to do. Yep. 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 He just owns owns a problem. Crisis situation, but this is how I'm going to resolve crisis it. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely. And he'll sidle behind you. Yeah. You know, when you when you got something, it's like, <laughs> hey, but oh shit. <laughs> mm. Where'd you come from? Jesus. I was thinking, I don't know, like where could he put that skill to good use other than special ops? Private investigator. That's true. Maybe he could like sneak around mm. and then you know, sneak behind like a dumpster while. Yep recording people or i don't know yeah anything that i guess that involves like Spy. hanging back or mm. being in the shadows or you know yeah. yeah covering your tracks or whatever i think he'd be good at that yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah it's just there's not really much else i could say about him really i no. mean I, he seemed he seemed like he had a pleasant personality yeah he's kind of goofy mm. he's got that goofy look about him yeah and he loves mickey mouse gumballs he does yeah yeah which which uh, celia has in her collection mm. which ironically is a very loud toy gumball you know gum machines aren't aren't a silent toy yeah crank crank it's all mechanical exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so that's um that's lou the sidler yes um i think i think elaine you know, is more annoyed than is justified. Mm. You know, it's fine. Just, just deal with it. There's a nice guy at work. He works hard. He's probably a good colleague. He picks up your slack. Um, <laughs> you know, but he's silent. Just get over it. But then Elaine develops the sidling skills as well. That's she true. Sta- she sidles the sidler. That's true. Mm. She puts on um, tiger wrestling shoes. That's right. Yeah. That's it. And then she goes for it. I wonder if anyone would have commented on that because I mean, she kind of wears corporate gear, mm. and I imagine sort of high heels. Yeah. If we're going along that line. And all of a sudden, she turns up to work with wrestling shoes. I don't know. Well, a lot uh, of women—that would, would be a bit. A lot know. of women wear comfortable shoes and then change them to their high heels when they get there. That's true. So probably, you know, if someone asked, she probably would have said, "Oh, I just walk in these, but I change my shoes at my desk." But she was wearing. A lot of women them, do that. She was wearing them through the day. Uh, you know, when she was sidling. I don't think people give two shits. That's true. <laughs> Over repeat. I think. I think Peterman. Eventually, when we do our, our Peterman episode, I think with Peterman, he's got that kind of aura where he relaxes everyone. Everyone's mm. just kind of like in a. A good mental state, yeah. you know. But I would think because it's a fashion company, everyone would be looking at what everyone else is wearing. And if uh, if someone had wrestling shoes on, they'd be 
I don't know. It's Am I se- thinking too much about this? I think this? so. It's season nine, dude. You got to suspend yourself from reality for the, uh, you know in these episodes. Yeah. Yes. Season eight, eight and nine are just crazy. Who have we got next, Ivan? Next, we have Miranda, George's girlfriend, played by Arabella Field. She's known for being in American Horror Story, as yep. well as some other credits. I don't remember. I've seen American Horror Story, but I don't remember what she was. Yep. Yeah. In, she's actually got quite a um uh, a broad filmography as well. She was in Dante's Peak. Ah, oh, no way. Yep. With Pierce Brosnan. Yep. yep. Feeling yep. Minnesota, which is a great movie. Yeah, cool. Uh, the, the Godzilla sort of reboot, I think, from 98 oh, yeah, to 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with that Puff Daddy song. Yeah. Come with me. Exactly. Yeah. They, they ripped off Led Zeppelin. Or it was actually sampled from Led Zeppelin. Yes, Cash that's right. That rip. And uh, National Treasure, that terrible action oh, film with Nicolas Cage. Cage. Uh, uh, Paper Man, never heard of it. After Con Air, to me, Nicolas Cage is dead to me. Yep. Con Air was his last good movie. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Was Sideways after or before Con Air? What's Sideways? Oh, Sideways. I didn't see Sideways. Okay, it's a good film. It's like oh. an art indie film. Oh, okay, Ma- maybe after film. Sideways then. Yeah, okay. really good. But yeah, Con Air is like his last, like his last deliberately movie. bad, you know, put the bunny back in the box. I reckon it's really funny because he actually bragged about spending time in Alabama to perfect his accent. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's not something to brag about, mate. No. No. Sweet home Alabama. If you're from Alabama, hello. Yep. Hey. Hey, listeners. How's it going? How you doing? Sorry about our terrible accents. That's fine. Um, yeah. Our Australian ones are weird, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're so, probably like them with their funny accents. Yeah. G'day, mate. You want some Vegemite? <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> so, Miranda. Yeah, I think Miranda's just a conventional person. I mean, obviously, she gets upset when George runs over pigeons, so mm. she must have a soft spot. She probably owns pets. Yep. Maybe she owns dogs. Probably, probably like I know people who have like menageries in their house. Yep. She probably owns like ten birds, two cats, yeah. five dogs. Yeah. Probably one of those kind of things. Definitely, you know? animal lover is the first thing that jumps to mind. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think most people would react emotionally if if, if uh, pigeons were run over. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like George runs over one pigeon. He runs over like twenty. A of flock them. of them. A flock of yeah. pigeons. Yeah, yeah. And he runs over a poor squirrel. Yeah. And then you know she she thinks you know George has to pay all that money to yeah all the thousands or hundreds whatever it is mm. to help the squirrels to get, to get the, the tiny, tiny little instruments. <laughs> from where is it? Ah, uh, I forgot. I don't know. From some state. Yeah. 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 Fabulous. I, I love that line. I was thinking maybe she's a vet or like a vet nurse or works for the RSPCA, like does animal activism or something. Like, okay. you know, maybe rather than just someone who's, you know, likes animals but is like passionately in love with animals. Yeah. Probably a vegan or a vegetarian or something. Mm. Mm. Um, I found her to be a bit passive aggressive as well. She is, yes. You yes. know, like she she didn't really um, communicate with George. Yes. You know, like he's he's trying to sort of reason with her and like figure out like what, you know, he, he knows that he's done something wrong. Or that he's like upset her, but he's you know he's he's actually trying to like negotiate or like figure out a resolution, but yeah. she's just not very communicative. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just found some of her lines and her actions to be a bit passive aggressive and sort of childish. She's definitely wearing the pants in that one, isn't she? Oh, uh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean she. Yeah, I mean George even says that he's not getting any. No, you know. So she's just, holding out. Yeah. Um. Same with Elaine. Uh, same with Jerry's girlfriend, actually. So. Um, I don't. Jerry and Celia. Isn't it implied that they got together? Yeah. Oh well, no. Sorry. Actually, Jerry says that. Um, oh no. He he describes the sex as wild. As but, wild oh yeah. no. Sorry. What he says when he says he's not getting any, he means the toys. Oh, he means the toys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whereas sorry, George means I, sex. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I get you. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I thought one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Miranda, I think she's a very. I think she's forgetful. I think you know. Mm. She was good in one episode. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Yeah. She was fine. Yeah. Um, she was fine. But definitely an animal lover. Yeah. And also probably probably gets. I wouldn't say triggered. But she probably gets emotional quite easily, yeah. you know, when she sees something like pigeons getting run over a squirrel. Sure. You know, something like that, she feels bad. Yeah. And I think she gets emotional quite yeah. easily. And I think that's, I don't think, 
I wouldn't say that she's emotional over everything. I think she just has a deep passion for animals. For animals, So yes. she feels bigger feelings when an animal is injured or, yep. you know, helpless or whatever. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about her. Nice. So that was Miranda and Lou. Let's take a quick break, yeah? Yeah. And we'll talk about Celia and the veterinarian. Oh, he doesn't have a name. He's not credited. Uh, and we'll talk about a few even more obscure characters that yeah. you've got. Cool. Sounds good. You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. More wine and turkey? <laughs> so when I saw George on the street with an 18-pound turkey and a giant box of wine, I thought, what a coincidence. We're just about to eat. What is that stuff in turkey that makes you sleepy? Tryptophan. <laughs> I think. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, an Australian podcast focusing on the secondary characters of our much-beloved television show, Seinfeld. And if you're just tuning in, so far we've gone through some Seinfeld news. Ivan has delivered you a synopsis of the episode, and we've covered a couple of the main secondary characters, namely Miranda, George's girlfriend. Yes. And... Lou the Sidler. Lou the Sidler. For the Merv Griffin show. Yes, a very good episode. I mean, one which... I, I see the Merv Griffin shows in a lot of top tens for a lot of people. Yeah. Like when you look at the top ten list. Yep. I think for me, probably not quite top ten, mm. but I reckon uh, definitely top twenty. Yeah. So maybe 18, 19. I think it's considered... Um, like season eight and nine are good, but mm. I don't think there's many as many classic no. Seinfeld episodes in those two seasons. Because when I, Larry David left, it just went into a whole new direction, didn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think this, even though it's kind of weird and offbeat in a lot of ways, I think it, for some reason, holds up against, you know, the season three, four, five episodes that are considered the peak of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. You do see it in a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, in a lot of lists. A lot of lists, yes, indeed. Yeah, so we'll have a chat about Celia, yes. who was Jerry's episode girlfriend. Um, she was played by Julia Pennington. Um, she's an actress. She's most well known for uh, He's Just Not That Into You. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty bad. It's like one of those ensemble romantic comedies. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. there's like 20 characters. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Really garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess when all the stars get together and they're like, let's make a few million each. Yep. Let's just do this thing. Why not? Sick. Yeah. A lot of those films are actually co-funded by them because they get yeah. profit sharing. They make a lot of money off oh, them. Oh, they would, yeah. You know, and they don't really have to work hard because nah. they're in it for 10 minutes each and they have, you know... <laughs> like poorly developed characters exactly yeah one dimensional that's it and yeah. um uh she was also in a couple of other films march and mercy point i don't know anything about either of those Nah, i never heard of him um and yeah she is very protective of her toys yes i think her father so i'll talk about her father for mm. a sec her father obviously collected toys must have just been like a but, you know, a lot of people just collect things. Yeah. He was a collector. Obviously, all those toys in her shelf were in mint condition. Worth a lot of money. That would be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Probably more, right, yeah. for all those toys. Mm. And he's, like, massive, like, American toy, like, G.I. Joe's. Yeah. With, like, rare costumes, and then... And they're like, probably worth more as a collection. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times collections are worth more than the, the sort of sum of their individual parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think she was an only child because her she she it's implied when, when we first get introduced to her and her toy collection, she's trying to say something like her father lost her battle with something. Yeah. And then Jerry cuts her off and says, Oh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. You know. Just interrupts her. Yeah, so her father must have suffered like a long-term illness, yeah. terminal or whatever. Who knows, but it sounds like a long battle with something. And yeah. then in the will, she said, you know, he said, oh, my toy collection is very valuable. I'll give it to my only my only daughter, my only child. Yeah. I think she's an only child. Yeah. Because obviously, if you give someone a toy collection, you either give it to, I guess, one of your children or you split it. 
Yeah. Or you put it somewhere safe in like a storage facility or somewhere which yeah which can be it can be yeah safe and you just you just keep tabs on it. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. I, I think if the toys meant as much to him as they do to her, mm. he wouldn't have split the collection. No, definitely not. Could have only donated it or give gave it away in one one like as one whole. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought the same thing about um, you know her father dying. Um, I thought it was a long, sort of slow, yeah. traumatic death. Uh, yes, yes. And I think she, obviously, the toy collection represents not only the love she had for her father, but the pain and misery and and suffering she went through, um, you know, through his death. Yeah. So the idea of someone, sort of psychologically, it, someone touching the toys, not just because they're collectors' items in mint value, in mm. mint condition. Yeah. But the idea of someone touching them is almost like violating her father's legacy, legacy in a way. Yeah, yeah I know, agree. There's a lot of. Yeah. It's not just about, you know, the practical monetary value. It's no. it's it's a deep emotional. It's you know, it cuts very deep. And I believe as well, unless if Celia was suffering financially, which I don't think she was, you know, living in her own apartment. Yeah. I don't think no, for any kind of money she would have sold the toys. No. I reckon she would have, even if someone said, "I'll offer you a million dollars for all of them." Mm. No. Nah. Yep. I'm keeping them. Sentimental yeah. value. Yeah, I think the sentiment... Yeah. Uh, she was probably aware of their monetary value, yeah. um, you know, to collectors and, and, and you know, whoever else. But, mm. yeah, the sentimental emotional value was way more than oh, yeah. than monetary value. Yeah, so she obviously had a great relationship with her dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I figured that. And um, I, I felt really sorry for her in this episode. I mean, you know, not just because... <laughs> everyone's, co- everyone's sabotaging her toys. I know, and she's very... I, I found her to be like a really just lovely, kind-hearted person. Yeah. And she's kind of naive. Yeah, I, she I felt is. sorry for her. You know, like George and Jerry, you know, they're like, do you want some sleeping pills? And do you want 18 pounds of turkey with a big box of wine? Yeah. And she falls for it. Um, you know, and they sort of take advantage of her. Well, they had to, like in the script, they had to find a way for them to play with the toys. Yeah. Obviously, it would have been dumb if they said, oh, let's distract her and get her out of no, the No, no, I know, I know you can't be that obvious about yeah, it. Yeah, but of course. Like if, you know, you talked before about suspending belief for this episode, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, if someone turned up to my house with a big, you know, a big load of turkey and a big <laughs> box of wine, you know that, like, this is not just an organic <laughs> event that just happened. Like, there's, no. there's a plot happening. Something's Something's sus. happening. Something's sus. Exactly. No, you're right. I do feel sorry for her, too. Yeah. You know, she put through, got through a lot of shit, and plus... Yeah, could could you you know how toys are in mint condition? Mm. Could do you reckon she would have found out that they would have played with them? Probably. Oh well, actually no. She would. She found out when she went on the show, the Merv Griffin show. Yeah, that's right. That, it was that, revealed. Yeah, it was revealed. Yes. Yeah. So how do you think she reacted to it? Oh well, she was pissed off. Yeah, she was flipped. Yeah, she would have felt violated. Yeah. Not just not just because her toys and therefore her sort of father's legacy were were violated, mm. but she was violated. She was violated. I mean, she too. was. You know, her trust was broken. Mm. You know this jerk and his jerk friend, like, <laughs> and later and later Elaine and Lou, yeah, know, trying to comfort her, yeah, and then and, um, and they bring the turkey and the and the wine. She, exactly. Obviously, you're right. She's very naive. She didn't learn from the first time. No. Um, Why are these two other people bringing turkey and wine? Exactly. Hmm. More turkey. This more wine. This sounds familiar. Hmm. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And she was she was just taken advantage of in so many ways. Yeah. And we're watching George's Michigan holiday videos. Yeah. Four hours. Boyhood. Is it boyhood holiday yeah, to, if, to Michigan? Is yeah, to Michigan. Michigan? Yeah. Boyhood holiday to four hours of my boyhood Michigan. And oh, when, when oh. they, in the video, it is like, what, you were like eight years old. I was seven and a half. I was seven and a half. And it takes <laughs> me to the bathroom. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't look away. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> you're only eight years old. I was seven and a half. <laughs> seven and a half. Yeah. Oh, that, that six months makes a big difference. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so I really, I really like Celia. I feel, I don't know, I feel really sorry for her. 
And, so um, you like her so much so that you'll uh, reveal something later. Yes, I will. You will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's all I have to say about Celia. Do you have anything else? No, that was it. Uh, great heart. Loved her father. Wanted yep. to keep his legacy going. Yep. Didn't want her toy collection compromised. Yeah. And, and I think the fact naive, that she... Yeah. Just an extra point I'm just thinking of. Mm. The fact that she kept the toy collection out on display, not just sort of privately in a cupboard where she could just view it maybe in moments of, of uh, you know, reflection yeah. or sadness... But she wanted to honour her father's legacy by seeing it every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort of uh, like remember him and honour him in a positive way. Yeah. By putting it on display and not being private about it. I thought that was really... That's wonderful. Know. Yeah, it's just really, just lovely. And of course, anyone who br- she brings into her apartment, there's enough trust that she knows that no one will touch it. Yeah. You know, obviously you can't... You're not going to bring her kids. No. The kids will be like... Meh, meh, yeah. Meh. But know, I think that would have changed after Jerry. After Jerry. She yeah. would have locked them up, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or at least been a lot more, um, you know, cynical about who she brings up to the apartment. I think so too. No, yeah. I reckon she would have locked them up after that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Or at least when she was having people over. Just yeah. She away. would have been a lot more protective. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, such good toys. Like, oh, I want to yeah. play with those toys too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I understand the desire to want to play with them. Mm. But, you know, if someone says, like, they're off limits, you respect that. You do. That's it. Same with everything. That's it. So yes. you let's talk about the bed. I love that. Good segue there. He's actually credited as Vet. Vet. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah, Not no. the Vet. No, just you just didn't have vet. a name. Played by actor and writer Rick Hall. He's known for being in NCIS and KC Undercover. Kansas City Undercover. I don't Maybe. Know. I don't know. I got a bit of trivia about him actually. He okay. has. Uh, you know, it's like a Seinfeld. You know how last week you started on Seinfeldisms? Mm. Well, here's a Seinfeldism that I found too. Yeah. Uh, nearly 10 years prior to this episode going to air, he starred in, in an educational insurance film called Choice, Chance and Control, and he played a customer service agent. Opposite him as a customer was Michael Richards. Oh, wow. Kramer-esque character. Huh. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Like a zany doofus. Yeah, doofus customer. A hipster doofus. Yeah, hipster doofus, and it was about uh, insurance, educational insurance. Okay. What's educational oh, insurance? Sorry, I mean, it's an insurance film, but it's educational. Right. It was called Choice, Chance, and Control. Okay. I'm guessing it's probably like you have a choice what insurance you want to use and... Take you know. a chance. Yeah. You're right. in control. Yeah, you're in control. You're yeah. in control of your own future. Something like that. It's probably some... Uh, if you have the link or if you know of this video, let us know. I'll have a research. I'll do some research as well. Email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and or you can get in touch with us on social media as well. At Bidwabask. Yeah, yeah drop, us, drop us the link if you can find it. Yeah, or you can jump at our website, bibblebass.com. Yeah. And, uh, I'll look for it too. Yeah. Mm. So there um, you go. That's a bit of... Uh, that. So he, prior to, to the episode, 10 years ago, Rick Hall was, uh, was with Michael Richards. Yeah, wow. In that, I'm in just that thinking, mm. if... Um, do you reckon Kramer... Completely off topic, <laughs> but do you reckon uh, Kramer's insurance policies would be really hefty? I don't think he'd it, be allowed to have insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon, reckon they, he'd be denied. He'd be yeah, denied. Yeah, like no. he, he would have made so many fraudulent and, you know, sort of unwarranted claims yeah. about his own stupidity yeah, yeah. that he would just be blacklisted from the insurance. I think industry. so too. I don't think he has. No, no plus, you know, he's anti-establishment. That's He true. probably thinks insurance is corporate it's corporate garbage. Yeah. It's like corporate, you're gambling. Yeah, yeah, you're gambling. You're gambling. Putting in a bet with no return. Exactly. That's he's true. He's, probably, he he's even, against the establishment. So that's probably true. Not. Yeah, he's anti-library. He's anti-insurance. It's in the alternative media, Jerry. That's right. And he's anti-medical um, industry as he well. Is. Yes, yes. So, yeah, the vet. Um... I, I mean, he wasn't that special. Standard just, vet. Just a normal vet. Um, I found it surprising how much he knows about squirrel surgery. Mm. I thought maybe living in New York, there's a lot of squirrels around Central Park and, yeah. you know, around that part of the world. Mm. Uh, maybe he specializes in, you know, squirrel recovery. Or, or do you reckon he was a failed doctor and he became a veterinarian? Yeah, maybe. Because he, he talks like a doctor. 
Okay. You know, and he has the physique like a doctor. Yeah, he's, he's kind of very formal, isn't he? He is, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, and then probably. Yeah, and he's good with tiny instruments. He is. He must have really steady hands, which I guess would lend uh, creed to the theory that um, you know he he's a you know could have been a doctor, but he failed somewhere. Yeah, he maybe, has the hands of a surgeon. Literally. Yeah, maybe he could have been a doctor. Like he's smart enough and driven enough, but he just loves squirrels too much, and he just couldn't. You know, the idea of uh, helping humans as opposed to squirrels was just too. To, you know, he couldn't couldn't deal with that. So him and Frank love squirrels. Exactly, Are they the same guys. They go around mutilating squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> Still my favorite ever Seinfeld line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that's probably him. Maybe him and Frank uh, go after him. Yeah, that's the true. Guys that mutilate squirrels. So at night he's a he's a squirrel vigilante. Or, yeah, a squirrel ante. Squirrel ante. <laughs> <laughs> Goes a bit nuts. Oh Jesus! He squirrels away his rage. Aye. He's climbing the ladder. Oh, stop it. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, he's just a you know a failed doctor who became a vet. Okay. Um, and obviously he he has still talks like a doctor. He acts mm. like a doctor. Yep, he's yeah. still in that character. He's still in that character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's all I had about him. That's all I had too. Yeah, the only other I guess mentionable um, character was Jim Fowler. I mean, oh, he yeah. played himself. Yep. Um, yeah, just a celebrity cameo. A celebrity cameo. He had a TV show in the nineties. Uh, I forgot the name of it, um, but it was like a big show in America. Okay. And he and he, it'd be like a documentary show. Okay. Was it get... was it Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? Wild Kingdom. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wild Kingdom. Yeah, it went for a number of years. Yeah. Apparently, he's won a bunch of awards as well. So, yeah. Yeah. He, um, I guess maybe he's like American Steve Owen, but a bit less showy. He doesn't go for the stingrays. No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, uh, come on, it's been it's been ten years. Oh, okay. Are we past the, the yeah. point of, like where we can make jokes about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not too soon. No, it's no. Fine. Okay. That's so that's all the secondary characters that I had. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's pretty much it really. Uh, I think I see I reckon out of that bunch, I reckon Celia was the best one out yep. of them. Yeah. I, I like Celia definitely. Celia, a lot. Definitely. Yeah. And speaking of Celia, shall we talk about our top ten secondary characters reviewed so far? Yeah, so for the last few weeks. <laughs> sorry. You're right. I didn't uh, mean to derail your uh, your um, Twilight moment. Zone That's fine. moment. Um, yeah. So for the last few weeks, uh, no characters have changed for me, but uh, one's changed this week. Yes, and I, I've already mentioned before who it may be, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So from number ten, we've got uh, Jillian, who is in episode six, which is uh, episode six of our podcast, The Bizarre Jerry. Um, we've got the train nudist. Um, we've got Sid Fields from episode two. Uh, George's parents. Uh, from episode 10 uh, what's the deal with the Seinfeld parents we've got Harold and Manny um, from the apartment Uh, we've got Susan Ross from what's the deal with I decided to let the smelly valet go okay Um, I was thinking about it a lot through the week and I thought uh, Celia needs to make an appearance in the top 10 yes Um, and I decided to just do a straight swap with the smelly valet alright so you're going to get him out yeah um, I, I think I don't know. I haven't fully figured out why, but it just seemed right. So number four is now Celia from this episode. Number four. Number four. Whoa. Straight to number four. Stronger Jeez. than stronger than your number five debut last week. Oh, Lloyd Braun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep, that's huge. Straight to number four. Massive. Top three haven't changed. Record store owner from the old man again. Uh, the street toughs, Bob and Cedric, and Alton Bennis from uh, What's the Deal with the Seinfeld Parents, our 10th episode. Wowie. Yeah, so big, big upsets there. Yeah, huge. That's massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, mm, well, my top 10 hasn't changed since last week, okay. so I'll, I'll rattle them off quick. Number 10, the woman with Elaine in the subway. Number 9, Harold and Manny from the apartment. Number 8, Helena from the trip. 
Seven was Sid Fields, the old man. Six, Bob and Ray, also known as Cedric for the Soup Nazi. Number five made his debut last week. He's still there. Lloyd Braun from episode 15. Uh, Bookman, number four for the library. Number three, the Soup Nazi. Number two, Susan Ross. And number one, Frank Costanza. And from last week, Stephen, I have reviewed every episode and I've put them in like a top. Like the, the Seinfeld episodes that we've done on Bidwell Busk so far, I've ranked them. Okay. Now, we're up to 13 episodes, not including the What's the Deal with the three yep. that we did. Out of the 13, I've put the Merv Griffin show at number 12. Okay. Yeah. What was number, was the stakeout number 12? Number 13. Oh, yeah, it was number 12, And yeah. that's gone down. It's gone down one. Yeah, the stakeout's my least favourite out of the 13. Yeah, right. Done. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's actually my favourite. I know. Uh, yeah. You mentioned it. I haven't actually done a list, and I will. Yep. I will. I said I was going to do it last week for this week, yep. but um, I'll do it uh, I'll do it soon. I, I said last week, every few weeks, I'll just give you a top 10, but I think what I might do from now, because we've reviewed enough episodes just talk and about characters, the characters, I'm just going to say, like, out of this many episodes, mm. this is where it slots in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Just talk about the changes yep. rather than the list. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, number 12 out of 13 for the Move Griffin Show. Yeah. And last week I started a new fun little thing called uh, Seinfeldisms, yes. weekly Seinfeldisms. I yeah. think we decided to call it. That's right. Um, I don't have anything this week, but you know we've got another full week coming up. So if you have any Seinfeldisms, let us know. Yeah, yeah. So you can get in touch with us uh, on email at bidwabaskpodcast@gmail.com or our website bidwabask.com. Uh, we're on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at bidwabask. Uh, we're available on iTunes as well if you want to have a listen to past episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're all there. And uh, we strongly encourage you to listen to last week's 15A episode, which was a an interview with uh, Matt McCoy. Yes. Which who, was awesome. Who played Lloyd Braun. He did. Episodes. Yeah. It so, was great to talk to him. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, we, we, our last What's the Deal With episode, which was last week, uh, was about Lloyd Braun. And we, we managed to score a, a short but awesome interview with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, really great. Gives some really good insight into the character. Yeah. Um, his general experience on Seinfeld and a bunch of other things and uh, you get to hear us talk about his beard which is probably the best part it was it. really good because yeah. he's playing a captive doctor he a doctor is. captured by ISIS yeah I think he's playing a, a Médecins Sans Frontières doctor that's right yes yeah. yep. um, in, in Morocco yeah and we actually interviewed him from Morocco so yeah from Marrakesh. Marrakesh yes yeah. he was at the time so hey Matt yeah if you're listening mate thanks again and yeah so we're available on Stitcher as well uh, rate and review us if you'd be so kind and uh, yeah listen to some past episodes that's it and that wraps up another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Indeed. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And next week we're going to talk about The Seven. The Seven. The Seven. Yep. Not the soda? No, not soda. Not the soda? The Seven. For, sorry, sir. Family only. <laughs> I'm having sex with the cousin. <laughs> I am family. <laughs> I am family. I'm having sex with the cousin. He's <laughs> screaming. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> at the door. He's like, ah, season seven. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is that is one of my favorite ever Seinfeld lines. I'm having, that sex, one. With I'm the having sex with the cousin. As if that makes him a yeah. family member. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, so so that's, that's next week, the seven. We're looking forward to that one. It was a great episode. Yeah. So thanks again for listening. And again, listen to some past episodes. Have a listen to the interview with Matt. Oh, it's, please. It's really fun. Let yeah. us know what you think. Yeah. And um, we're hoping to have some more interviews lined up in the future hopefully we'll see how we go but we'll talk about them if, uh, if, we, if we can we will thanks again no worries see you then bye bye, bye.